So many illnesses are caused by central nervous system damage. Can a new method of non-invasive brain stimulation treat or cure disease? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD.com on XM160. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and joining us to discuss non-invasive neuromodulation of the central nervous system are senior scientists Kurt Kazmarek, Ph.D., and Yuri Danilov, Ph.D., and researcher Mitch Tyler, MSPE, all from the Tactile Communication and Neural Rehabilitation Laboratory in the Department of Orthopedics and Rehabilitation Medicine in the Department of Biomedical Engineering at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Gentlemen, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. It's our pleasure, Bruce. So, Mitch, what does the acronym CNNINM stand for, and what does it describe? Thanks, Bruce. CNNINM stands for Cranial Nerve Non-Invasive Neuromodulation. It's the process of stimulating the afferent nerves of the fifth and seventh cranial nerves via the tongue. It's believed that this stimulation excites the brain structure responsible for movement control and sensory integration. The recent results we have from our fMRI studies show that we seem to be activating the pons, medulla, cerebellum, and even the thalamus. And uh, the very recent pilot data we have from EEG studies also show that multiple regions of the neocortex are also involved. So, Kurt, who's working on this research in your group, and what are all of your backgrounds? We have three core area researchers and a network of collaborators. Yuri Danilov is our neuroscientist. He has a Ph.D. from the Russian Academy of Science, and he has been in our lab since approximately 2001, extensive experience in neuroanatomy and the senses of vision, taste, hearing, and balance. Mitchell Tyler is a mechanical and biomedical engineer with a degree from UC Berkeley, also registered professional engineer, specializing in human-machine interfaces, including sensory substitution systems, He's been with our lab since about 1992 and is our director of clinical studies. And I am nominally a biomedical and electrical engineer, degreed from University of Wisconsin-Madison, where we're calling from. My interest is in medical instrumentation design and electrical stimulation of touch for tactile information displays, and then more recently in rehabilitation. And I've been with the lab since 1991. Kurt, who are some of the kinds of collaborators that you do this work with? We have a network of collaborators in the basic sciences as well as uh, clinical collaborators in biomedical engineering, neuroscience, otolaryngology, neurology, rehabilitation medicine, and kinesiology. And is most of the work that you do restricted to the University of Wisconsin-Madison or are some of these collaborators at other institutions? We have external collaborators as well. And Mitch, how did this idea of CNNINM How did it start, when did it start, and how has it progressed? The genesis of this idea of CNNM actually goes back to the mid-1960s with Paul Bakarita's theory of brain plasticity using sensory substitution, the idea of presenting information from one sensory modality to another, especially in the case where there's a loss of function, you could replace that with an intact functional sense. Paul originally demonstrated vision substitution using carefully controlled electrical stimulation of the tactile sense, And it was originally done on the back in the form of a dental chair with a a large array of electrodes. It evolved to stimulating the abdomen and then developed and uh, demonstrated for use on the hand and fingertips. And then about 15 years ago, Paul came up with the idea of presenting this electrical stimulation on the tongue as an interface for human-machine interaction and specifically for vision substitution. 
And in retrospect, we realized that this was actually a real brilliant insight and that the tongue is richly innervated. It has a low electrical impedance, and it's in a protected environment, so it's well-suited for electrical stimulation of the sense of touch. Kurt and Paul then demonstrated this was possible, and the concept and the technology was patented. Then after my own case of transient vestibulitis, I came up with this idea of using sensory substitution for balance feedback and begin using that on the tongue. And then most recently, Yuri has been the one that made the crucial observations in the clinical trials with our balance patients from a number of studies we had initiated that other symptoms were improving equally well. And when we realized this, Yuri's key concept was that this idea of CNNM or cranial nerve neuromodulation could be used to potentially treat a whole host of neurological disorders that we hadn't originally envisioned. Mitch, when you first started out doing this work or when Paul Baki Rita did, tell us a little bit more about the sensory substitution. So how, in fact, would a blind person learn to see using this? The idea is that you present information from one modality to another. So, for example, if an individual is blind, you can take tactile information from the tip of a cane, for example, and the individual learns to move the cane to sweep their environment and to obtain information about what the objects are in their environment, just as you would with your eye. So the same concept is being applied here for sensory substitution using modern technology. So instead of a cane out there, you could use a camera, for example, that captures information, two-dimensional information in space, and then presents that as a pattern of intensity-mapped information on the skin, just as the retina does. All we're using is a high-tech version of a simple mapping process. The same concept could be true for balance substitution as well, where you're taking information from, say, an accelerometer or information telling where up is and presenting that on the tongue. So, Yuri, what results have you seen in different patients based on this insight that you could affect other kinds of diseases using this sensory stimulation? We're working in the last eight years mainly with patients who have a balance posture or gait disorders. So the major symptoms and parameters that we're measuring on the patients as a result of therapy is also related to balance. So mainly we see in the patients that we selected for our study the balance improvements, the stability of the body, alignment of the body segment when they're standing or walking, gait improvement, and general mental and physical relaxation. That's a package of symptoms that we observe almost on every patient we're working with. But at the same time, we have improvement in the behavior of the patient. So we see the reduction of the falls, reduction of the tension, stiffness, rigidity, improvement of fatigue. The patient have the energy boost after our therapy. And pretty often, we see the improvement of the solopsia symptoms. People who have a vestibular disorder usually have the abnormal eye movement control. At the same time, in many patients, we see the so-called unexpected improvement that never was on our list originally, but now we're carefully watching on that. And to these patients, to the symptoms, we can mention the sleep improvement, migraines, so decreases of the headache, the tinnitus ringing in the ear. And even we're observing sometimes pretty completely unexpected events, for example, the improvement of the, the sudden recovery of the taste that was lost in a car incident a few years before, or improvement of the fingertip sensitivity, something like that. 
If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD.com on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and joining us to discuss non-invasive neuromodulation of the central nervous system are senior scientists Kurt Kazmarek, Yuri Danilov, and Mitch Tyler from the Tactile Communication Neurorehabilitation Laboratory at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So, Yuri, what types of diseases might be affected or treated by CN-NINM? Bruce, honestly, we didn't explore our limits yet. So with every year, we're trying to move forward and still see the new and new area almost every month working with the patients. We're discovering something unexpected and pretty beneficial for patients. So we started eight years ago with peripheral balance disorder. Then we came to the central balance disorder. And now we're working in the area of movement disorders that include a wide variety of the patients. And in the recent years, we came from the traumatic injury of the brain, like traumatic brain injury and stroke patients. And we're planning to go in the field of neurodegeneration. And you're probably aware about our research in multiple sclerosis patients and Parkinson's disease patients. We also discovered that in some patients, we see the significant improvement in cognitive function, like memory and attention. So the, its natural development here will be dementia and Alzheimer, and we're also trying to move forward the long-waiting project with neurodevelopment, like autistic kids. So as you can see, the circle of the potential patient is unlimited right now. So Yuri, why do you think you get these effects, and how will you try and prove that through the research that you're doing? Well, it's an excellent question. We're asking ourselves for eight years in the past and probably another 80 in the future. The mechanisms of the effects have to be discovered. But for simplicity, let's say we are stimulating the dorsal surface of the tongue. And that's a projection of two cranial nerves, as Mitch mentioned before, the trigeminal nerve and the facial nerve. Physically, we stimulate in the nerve endings massive spike trains that going through the natural pathway, the neural fibers from the tongue to the brain stem. And they ending up in the middle of the brain stem and the two major or largest nuclei in the brain stem, it's trigeminal nuclei complex and nucleus structure solitarius. So practically during 20 minutes of our stimulation and the 20 minutes we empirically discovered the optimal way for this kind of stimulation, we're producing massive activation of the trigeminal nuclei and nucleus tractus solitarius. As a matter of fact, during this summer, we get excellent fMRI evidence that prove our concept. That's the really first time we got a hard proof that the few days of our therapy producing the long-lasting changes in activity of the dorsal part of the pons, medulla, and cerebellum. It's all major components that are involved in the movement control. So what's happening next, that has to be discovered. And we're suggesting that there are three possible ways. So the one way, the direct neural connection between trigeminal nuclei complex with neighbors can change activity in such structures like vestibular nuclei complex. That's what we're observing first, the dramatic improvement of vestibular control and balance control. There is another option that during 20 minutes of activity, the nucleus start to produce some chemical compounds that have to be discovered. We don't know it's peptides, endorphins, and your 
or some other compound that physically diffusing the pulp predicted as a non-synaptic transmission signal that also can activate neighbors and produce a long-lasting synaptical changes like also phenomena that are pretty well known since beginning of 70s. It's LTP and LTI, long-term potentiation and long-term inhibition. I'd like to thank our guests, senior scientist Kurt Kazmarek, Ph.D., and Yuri Danilov, Ph.D., and researcher Mitch Tyler, MS, PE, all from the Tactile Communication and Neural Rehabilitation Laboratory in the Department of Orthopedics and Rehabilitation Medicine in the Department of Biomedical Engineering at the University of Wisconsin-Madison for joining us to discuss non-invasive neuromodulation of the central nervous system. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD.com on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. For a complete program guide and podcast, visit www.reachmd.com. For comments or questions, call us toll-free at 888-639-6157. And thank you for listening.